Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. For the past several weeks, on Thursdays, we have been devoting ourselves to studying and exploring the definitions, the meaning behind the words of Birchus HaTorah, the brachos that we recite each and every morning in anticipation of the Torah that we will study that day. Uh, today, which is Tuesday, a day that we talk about how to pray, I'd like to focus a little bit on some of the halachos, the laws pertaining to Birchus HaTorah, so we can focus not only on what it is that we are saying, but how to properly say it, what is the proper way to fulfill this very unique mitzvah. So one very important question, which is discussed in the poskim, is for what type of Torah study is a person required to recite the Birchus Torah? When we began our discussion of Birchus Torah some time ago, I mentioned that it would seem that the at least the first of the two Birchus Torah is a Birchus mitzvah a bracha that begins with that formula, Asher Kedushanu B'Bensosa V'Tzivanu, and that indicates to us that this is a bracha that is we reciting before we perform a mitzvah, like many other brachas mitzvah. But there is, of course, another bracha, Asher Bacharbanu, and regardless of how we characterize, classify that particular bracha, it seems clear over here that there's something different about the way that we prepare for the mitzvah of Tam Torah than the way we do by other mitzvahs, which typically have one bracha, if that. Uh, it is possible that we can consider that the brachos that we recite before Torah study are not only a brachos mitzvah, but may actually be considered on some level sort of like brachos the bracha that we recite before, let's say, eating food or taking a drink. So this is a bracha which constitutes a matir, meaning it is something which grants us permission to go ahead and to access something which would otherwise be off-limits. Right, because the Gemara basically says that when it comes to food in this world, we have a conflict of sorts between two psukim. Because on the one hand, we have the pasuk Lashem Haaretz Umloa, which means that to God belongs the Aretz, the land, Umloa, and everything that is in the land, everything that fills the land. This pasuk would seem to indicate that everything in the world is the property, so to speak, of God. But then we have another pasuk that says Hashemayim Shemayim Lashem, that the heavens belong to God. But the earth was given to man. So the Gemara in Brachos wonders, well, which one is it? Is the earth something which remains the property of God, or is it something that he gives to us? To which the Gemara responds, one Pasuk is referring to our relationship to the property of the earth, so to speak, kodem, before we recite a bracha, before I recite a bracha, such as, hamotzi lechem and shakol niyad bivaro, barei pri This is considered off-limits, However, after a bracha is recited, I am now permitted to go ahead and partake of these foods. So in this way, we see a berchsanenin as being a matir. It is something that I do which grants me permission, access to go ahead and derive benefit from the world itself. So in this way, we see that a berchsanenin operates as a matir, which means by reciting the bracha, it grants me access to things in the world, that would otherwise be off-limits. I am now permitted to go ahead and partake of this to derive benefit and pleasure from the world. So taking a step back to Berchus HaTorah, we wouldn't necessarily say that when it comes to a regular mitzvah, that the Berchus mitzvah beforehand is a matir to do the mitzvah. We wouldn't necessarily say that were not for the fact that I said a bracha, asher kedushanu b'mitzvosu that I would not be permitted to sit in the sukkah. Rather, in that situation, the bracha serves to enhance the mitzvah. 
And even in a situation where I forgot to recite the bracha, it would not disqualify the mitzvah. A mitzvah ideally should be preceded by a bracha, but the bracha does not constitute in this way sort of like a matir. It's not as if I went ahead and made the decision to illicitly partake of something that was not mine. However, that's not true when it comes to, let's say, food. When it comes to food, the Birchus HaNenin serves as a matir. Now, when it comes to the Birchus Torah, it could be a little different. Birchus Torah do function a little bit like a matir. It's not just that I'm reciting a bracha beforehand so that I can set my mind straight. You remember a couple of months ago when we introduced the topic of Birchus Torah, we talked about how important it is because it helps us focus how important the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is and how the Gemara tells us that prior to destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, they were studying Torah, but they did not recite Birchus Torah beforehand, meaning they did not put Torah in the proper perspective. And so therefore, on a certain level, when we recite the Brachas beforehand, it helps us put the Torah in the proper perspective, but it also serves as a matir. It's also something which allows us, which grants us permission, access to study the Torah, which is why, if you take a look at the Shulchan Aruch, it tells us, before we recite Birchus Torah in the morning, one is not permitted to study Torah, which is such a strange idea. Why not? After all, I want to learn. So I'll get to the brachos later. The answer is no, I'm not permitted to study Torah. So with that introduction, when we say one is not permitted to study Torah before reciting brachos of Torah in the morning, so what areas of Torah does that apply to? Does that apply to Torah Shabbat Sav, Torah Shabbat Peh? So the answer is, quite simply, it applies to all areas of Torah. It applies to Mikra, which means Tanakh, Tarnavim Ksuvim. It applies to Midrashim. It applies to the study of Mishnah, or Gemara, or Halachos. Uh, even a person who has the custom to recite Tehillim before davening should recite Birchzat Torah beforehand. Because when you think about it, even if I'm reciting Tehillim as part of my course of Tefillah, this is something that I do to get me sort of ready for the day, which is a beautiful custom. But those Psukim come from Sefer Tehillim which is a part of Torah. And so therefore, to recite those psukim beforehand require a recitation of Birchus Torah. And generally speaking, it is preferable to avoid reciting any prayers or petitions that contain psukim before Birchus Torah. This is something that comes up when we say slichos before davening, when a person wakes up and says slichos, even though we wouldn't say that that's learning Torah, but of course, slichos contains many psukim, and since technically reciting a Pasuk is a form of Talmud Torah, so preferably Birch Torah should be recited beforehand. Now there is a fascinating debate that we find in Shulchan Aruch between the Mechaber, the Shulchan Aruch, and the Vilna Gon regarding what's called Hirhur Divrei Torah, which means thinking about learning. Is that something which requires Birch Torah beforehand? So the Mechaber writes that technically speaking, one is permitted to be Maharher B'Divrei Torah, just to think about Let's say I heard an amazing shear last night, and so therefore I'm reviewing there my mind in the morning. Technically speaking, says the Mechaber, I do not require Birchus Torah beforehand. However, the Vilna Gon disagrees. After all, he says the Pasuk says, that we should engage in the thought of Torah study day and night. And so from this Pasuk we see that even Hirhur B'Divrei Torah constitutes a mitzvah. It would seem that the Mechaber probably would agree as well that there is a kiyum, there is a fulfillment of the mitzvah of Tamat Torah by merely being Mahar B'Divrei Torah. However, it does not necessarily meet the threshold necessary in order to require a bracha. To be clear, the Mechaber would not object to reciting a bracha beforehand. And I would say in a situation where perhaps this is common today, where a person, let's say in the morning, is listening to a shir. A person is traveling uh, by car, let's say, to shul, and starts learning to uh, that day's daf yomi shir. 
So there is no speech involved. This person is not engaging in the study of Torah using his or her mouth. I'm just listening in that regard and hopefully thinking about what I'm listening to as well. It would seem that it would be appropriate in such a situation where a person is making sort of this active choice to go ahead and to listen to a shir that Bechus Torah should be recited beforehand. There's another debate among the poskim regarding a person who is kosev divrei Torah, a person who writes words of Torah, which is also a fascinating discussion unto itself, but where this is relevant today, again, it could be relevant to many situations, but, but I think that we should be mindful of the fact that writing doesn't, in this context, doesn't necessarily only mean a person who is writing with a feather quill, a person who goes ahead and writes with a pen, or for that matter, even preparing a digital message, uh, preparing an email, sending a text message, whatever it may be, uh, containing uh, thoughts of Torah, Divrei Torah, one should ideally recite Birchza Torah beforehand. For a person who's never seen this before, it may seem a little strange, but I've definitely been in situations uh, on both ends where I'm either engaging somebody in a conversation or somebody engages me in a conversation early in the morning and is sharing idea or is asking a question, and let's say I haven't recited Bechus yet. So it could be a little awkward. I have to say, you know, maybe just stop right there, give me a minute, let me recite the Bechus and then we'll continue this conversation. It would be no different than a person who comes over to me and hands me a delicious treat and says, here, you got to taste this. This is absolutely amazing. And if I didn't make a bracha beforehand, I would never think about doing it. I would say, okay, thank you very much. I make a bracha, and then I would eat it. We should have the same mindset when it comes to the study of Torah. Oh, hold on one second. Before I go ahead and eat this, I have to recite a Berchus Torah beforehand. Now, what happens if a person is asked a halachic question before reciting Berchus Torah in the morning? What happens if somebody goes over to you and says to you, you know, um, last night, I'm not sure if I counted Sphira and I don't remember, and I want to know if I should count again right now, or I think I did. Okay, so it's let's just say somewhat of an involved question. So over here, the halacha says like this, to go ahead and to give a simple answer, a halacha psuka, meaning yes, no, milchiks, fleishiks, <laughs> something like that. So there, it is not required to recite Bechus HaTorah beforehand. I'm just giving a simple answer, a psak halacha, based on the question that came my way. However, if it requires any sort of discussion, if there's a follow-up question that I need to ask, if it is any bit of an involved process where there has to be some sort of engagement, so then... I should take a step back and recite beforehand before engaging in that conversation. So I think it's important to recognize that the halachas does sort of accommodate the situation if a person makes a halachic inquiry and the answer is pretty simple and not particularly involved, uh, it is completely acceptable in that situation to go ahead and to answer the question without reciting a Berchus Torah. There are many other questions that are discussed when it comes to this topic. So for example, performing a mitzvah before reciting Berchus Torah in the morning uh, I don't want to spend any time discussing this right now, but it's an intriguing question, because on the one hand, uh, I'm doing a mitzvah, another mitzvah, so it's not the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, so why should that require a bracha? On the other hand, doing a mitzvah is an experience which involves uh, Torah training, Torah study. Hopefully, my performance of the mitzvah is informed by the Torah that I have learned and continue to consider in that moment. And for this reason, it's it's an interesting question as to whether or not it's preferable to recite Bechus Torah before performing mitzvahs in the morning. I do want to make one other uh, related point uh, before we conclude for today, and that is that unlike certain parts of davening, which can only be recited once the day begins, Bichus HaTorah can be recited as soon as I wake up, even if I wake up in the middle of the night. Something we should discuss another time is why is it that we only recite Bichus HaTorah once a day? 
I don't want to talk about that right now, but when you think about it, it's a little strange, because normally when it comes to a Berchus mitzvah or a Berchus we would come back and re- repeat the same bracha multiple times a day in certain situations if I took a break from whatever the case may be, if I ended the meal or if I took a break from that mitzvah. So why is this different? But leaving that question aside for the moment, we only recite Berchus once a day. We define once a day as when I wake up in the morning. So even though when it comes to the Berchus HaShachar, when it comes certainly to parts of davening and Kriya Shemon Shemon Esrei, there's the earliest time in the morning that you can daven. We're not going to discuss right now when that is, but there is a point where it's too early. If a person wakes up in the morning before Alos HaShachar, a person, let's say, gets up on an early riser and I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, so no matter what time of year it is, at least here in New York, 3 o'clock is going to be too early to daven. But it's not too early to recite Berchus HaShachar. So I wake up in the morning, obviously wash my hands, and prepare myself, and if I want to sit down then and study Torah a couple of hours before I start davening, then I must, but the point is I could, I may, recite Berchus HaTorah at that point. It's not too early. So when you go to sleep for the night and you wake up, whenever waking up is, even if it's still dark outside and we still have a long time to go before daybreak, Berchus HaTorah can still be recited. Okay, I hope this was a helpful review of some of the important halachos as to how to recite Berchus HaTorah. Thank you so much. And have a wonderful day.